This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 28th of September, which means it's only one thing. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, it's uh, Calvin Andrew Day. All those years ago, Calvin Andrews scored that goal away at Chesterfield. Sorry for swearing. But this week at Wonkhorst Stadium, more heroes have been made. Christy Pym has done it again. The Stags have persisted and won on penalties, beating Peterborough to set up a possible quarterfinal in the Cup. If they can beat Port Vale. There's too many P's on offer. So what does P stand for? Is it penalties? Is it Pim? Is it Practice Makes Perfect? Or is it quite simply Podcast? This is the show for the fans, by the fans. Let's recap another phenomenal week. Another P for Mansfield Town. Get involved in the comments now and have your say on your team. On the show for the fans, by the fans. Why? Because Mansfield always matters. Let's celebrate. Good evening and welcome to the Mansfield Matters podcast. It's the show for the fans, by the fans. Why? Because Mansfield always matters. Well, what a week it has been. A precise win against Barrow, a patient win against Barrow, and then the drama of the Cup in midweek. It does not get any better, does it? Yes, it does, because we are joined by an array of Mansfield Town supporters to recap what has been a phenomenal week following Mansfield Town. So let's say hello and good evening to some of them. And first of all, let's go to the phone lines and say hello, good evening to our good friend, Mr. Jim Evans. Good evening, Jim, on the phone. How are you? Good evening, Craig. I'm very well, thank you. Good evening, everybody. Jolly good. Good to hear from you again. Let's uh, cross over to somewhere in Raw Marsh and say hello to Mr. Cam Felton. Good evening. 
And let's go to the man who is going to open his own museum one day. It's Nick of Mansfield Town Shirts fame. How are we doing, everybody? You all right? Very, very good. Well, what a week it has been. Cam, I'm going to start with you. Uh, let's work our way backwards. Let's start with the cup draw from last night, shall we? First ball out for once. Are so you thinking, yes, here we go. We can get absolutely anyone. And then what happens? We get Port Vale. I know what P stands for. PTSD. <laughs> that's what I've got from playing Port Vale still. Uh, no. Um, a weird one. I'm not sure what to make of it. I, it's obviously frustrating that you, we could have drawn literally anybody. Literally anybody. And we go and draw Port Vale. So it is frustrating. We could have had United away, Newcastle away, Liverpool away, Chelsea away. But uh, I suppose if you look at it on the other way, it's a home game, big bonus, and it's a game that we're capable of winning. It is a... would, Would you take the money spinner now and get knocked out or would you take an easier tie? and potentially get a first quarter final in nearly 50 years. It's certainly to, to be discussed. Nick, what were your thoughts when you saw Port Vale drawn out of the uh, the hastily moved hat? I, t- I You know, first, first of all, I just turned it straight off. I, I still don't know the other ties. I've absolutely no idea. I just turned it off. I thought of all the crap teams <laughs> to pull out, it was literally... Exeter, Middlesbrough and Port Vale, the three teams I said, let's just avoid them. When you looked at the list, it was quite a ridiculous list of pretty much exclusively Premier League sides with the odd championship team thrown in there. And then it come up with Port Vale. Like, God, of all the people, even got work colleagues who support Port Vale. And then the more I've thought about it and the more I've seen other Stags fans comment, and I think the majority are probably right, it's it's not a bad draw, is it, to be potentially in the quarterfinal? Um, and I think we are the favourites. I've seen a few people predictions in terms of neutrals and a lot have said we're the favourites for the game. Um, so to be a favourite for a, the last 16 in the Carabao Cup as a Stags fan is pretty insane. Um, but, you know, like you say, like Cam said, I, don't, I know what's best sometimes. Are you better off as a away at United and get beat 7-0? Or are you better off slugging it out with Port Vale? I don't know. Um, but they haven't, they haven't got Mal in, so that's a bonus. Um, and they haven't got Clarkey, so that's another bonus. So, who knows? I mean, it, it, in terms of progression, it's the best draw we could have got, yeah. quite clearly. Didn't half but... of like Port Vale's promotion-winning side play on Saturday for Barrow, though. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, well, one thing I find interesting: you said that you didn't see the rest of the draw. It could be worse. We could be a Middlesbrough fan having go having to go to Exeter. That was the last. Yeah, I think that's bad for both of them, isn't it? Like even Exeter surely don't want Middlesbrough at home, do you? Even that's just dull. Winner I in. think when, I, when I've looked on Twitter, they're quite looking forward to it because they see it as game to win because they see it as their top of League One or was top of League One. Middlesbrough are fighting for their lives. in. Can I, can I stop you there? Then. Yeah, when did this become Exeter Matters? Oh, I'm just saying... They're, they're quite happy with it because they're thinking, right, we're going to have the exact same thing, thinking, all right, it's a team from above, but it's a game that they can win. And it's, either way, it's still been a crap draw for us. Great, yeah, carry on. Right, Jim, bring us back to uh, bring us back to Mansfield, please. 
Well, what did I think when I saw the draw? I shouted at the telly when I saw the draw. I couldn't believe it. I, my stomach turned, to be quite honest with you. I just thought about Wembley, and I'm still not over that. But, um, but the, the next time I wanted to see Port Vale was either in League One or when they came back down to League Two while we were going back up to League One. But uh, not to me, but I, it soon turned into, like Nick said, really. I thought, well, do you know what? Out of all the draws, we're at home, and it's probably our, our best possible tie to get through to a, a, a major quarter final. And that started to excite me, actually. You know, I think uh, it's, it, it is a good draw in that respect. I think yeah. it's a f- fantastic draw in that respect. I think Cam touched upon it earlier on, which is, do you want a big money spinner? Which we would have taken, of course we would have taken, but now you look at this and you think oh, not, yeah. only have, not only have we got a chance to, you know, get a little bit of revenge and sort of put that little bugbear to bed, Nick, but also what we've got a, a realistic chance to do is get in a full house, because I think we'll be close to, to, to fill in one call stadium that night, and getting to the quarter-final of a major competition. Lowly Mansfield, the last remaining League Two side, could be in a quarter-final. I don't even think I've managed it on Football Manager, to be honest. Let alone, like, real life. Like, even in FIFA, I think I get beaten. It's just, yeah, it, to be fair, when you saw the numbers and the names in the hat and you see Mansfield up there, and I think the funniest thing I've noticed is there's a lot of people on Twitter talking about this unbeaten run and a lot of other teams talking about the draw. I'm not sure half of Twitter and Premier League fandom know what a Mansfield is. <laughs> yeah. No one seems to know what, who or where Mansfield is, which is brilliant because we're in the same breath as Arsenal and Chelsea. And, you know, we've got further than Man City. When was the last time we got further than Man City in a competition since we knocked them out of the LDV vans or whatever it was in like 97? <laughs> it's, you know, it's, it's, it's quite surreal, I think, to see us amongst those sort of names. And, you know, if we get to the quarterfinal, then, you know, two ga- two ga- three games away from like trips to Kazakhstan, aren't we? So yeah, the that, would, that would be an away day for the Stags, wouldn't it? That would. Mansfield Matters goes international. I can Absolutely. S- uh, keep your comments coming in and have your say on your team. As Simon says in the comments, what a time to be a Stags fan. Um, Paul says, I think our best draw for the next round. Uh, Mitchell says, absolutely, we can win this game. Um, Stags chat, hi all, what a season we're having. Not felt this excited in years, Coming uh, overcoming higher division teams and third in the league. I think that's the thing, isn't it, Cam, as well? You know, we are... we we. We scrappy in games, but we determined. We persistent, and do you know what? As soon as it, as soon as Aikens put that penalty in the in the, in the back of the net with minutes to go, and it went, you knew it was going to a penalty shootout. I actually felt that there was only one winner, and for, for um, a club like ours who went ten years without winning a penalty shootout to now win three on the bounce, our backers, and again, you've got to take your hat off and and applaud. Christy Pym and Adam Collin and the goalkeeping team there for doing that research and, and getting it right because persistence and practice and preparation pay off. Too many P's. <laughs> it's um, it's brilliant. And yeah, credit to Adam Collin and, and Christy Pym and, and someone that's forgotten quite a lot, Scott Flinders. Uh, obviously all working as a team and and working on tactics and Adam Collin tweeting after the game, the the bit of paper that that they've got with all where the players go and, and the levels of research that go into these games and the mentality. And and like you said, Craig, as soon as Aikens puts that away and you know it's going to penalty, we'd already got the momentum 25 minutes before from, from the end. Yeah. So their yeah. heads were dropping and then to... 
for their heads to drop completely. Johnson, Clark, Harris, that penalty in the last minute, that is genuinely one of the worst things you could do. You think he's supposed to be one of the better strikers, not even at the lower levels, but in the upper reaches, and he goes and does that. And it was never in doubt that Aikens would miss. And he's just a man for the moment. And just to give us that bit more of a momentum and a bit more of a push going into into penalties, like you said, there was there was one winner. But credit to to Pim and Flinders and and Colin, fantastic. Was there ever in your mind, Jim, when you uh, knew it was going to spot kicks, or did you uh, were you watching on knowing that Mansfield were about to book their place in uh, in the next round? Uh, all our tails were up, weren't they? Is when we got that equaliser, which was coming, I might add. Mm-hmm. I think it was. Um, we had the momentum, and they, they, they sort of disappeared. And um, like they did against Sheffield Wednesday at Hillsborough, and they seemed to have form for doing this, Peterborough. Um, and I just their heads had gone, and um, yeah, I was quite confident, and I was delighted for Pin because all the hassle he took for the whole game. Um, brilliant. He, I bet he didn't get to sleep on Tuesday night. <laughs> I, I bet he's still thinking about it now. Nick, did you see the antics at the end? Did you have you seen the video that's doing the round of uh, Pim's celebration to the away uh, the away dugout? Yeah, I was fortunate. I mean, I'm a uh, a Quarry Lane man or a North Stand man. One of the end. I'm always behind a goal somewhere. But my dad, obviously, we, we had got tickets where we could get them. We were in the last block of the lower tier near the away fans, so we saw literally all of it. Um, but I think the second that the penalties were at their end, I felt like we were going to win. I just felt that Pim was just going to do something ridiculous. They, you know, they, to be fair, some of the songs were out of order. I'm all for the football banter, but there was a one, one specifically that was just, you know, it's it's not a football song. It's just, a, it, you know, it's ridiculous. But um, I just thought the more they egged him on, the better he was going to perform. And as soon as it went down there, it was great. And I think the best moment is the Clark Harris one where he walked around the back of the goal on purpose. <laughs> like he walked around like Tyson Fury walks into the ring. He just strolled around there with his arms swinging. I thought it was brilliant. And from that moment on, you just thought, I think when they saw that Clark Harris had missed and that we'd scored, I think from then on it was, I mean, we, we made it as difficult as we possibly could being Stags missing two in a row. But I don't think it was in doubt. As soon as, um, as soon as he saved that Clark Harris one, I think that was it. I think the the only one for me I knew was going to miss was Ollie Clark. When he walked up, he just did yeah. not look confident. No, he didn't look confident at all. I thought I said to my dad, I said he's missing. Yeah. Um, but the other the other penalties were their goalie should probably have saved our first two. He got he got they went under him, didn't they? You've got to give Clough a lot of credit because so you know a, a lot of t- the times we don't practice penalties, we we wing it. But every single cup game we go into, and it'd be the same for for Papa Johns. We practice, we practice, we practice, and again. It's those fine margins which uh, which see you through. I do have one question I'm going to put to you, Nick, because obviously you said you're a quarry laner. Wasn't open on uh, on Tuesday night. Port Vale in the next round. It's another League One side, similar to Peterborough. Will the powers that be at the One Course Stadium think, well, it's only Port Vale, it's a cup tie, we're not going to get that many in. Let's cut the costs and, on stewarding and food and all of that and the police costs and just open the, uh, the, the, the West Stand again. Or this time, do you gamble? Because I think we'll be close to a sellout. Yeah, I think they're going to have to open it. I think they'll sell out or at least try to. Um, 
Yeah, I think they've. The, the, the problem with what they tried to do this time was they obviously said, well, let's just keep the West Stand and no season ticket holders get a ticket. But if we'd have actually sold that out, they would have then had to open the Corrie Lane and there'd have been a bit of a debacle. So I think they just need to go for it. If it was a league game, they'd both be open, wouldn't they? They wouldn't say, oh, there's not going to be enough tickets. Well, you know what I mean? So I, I, I can't see the levels of excitement at the minute, especially if we have a few good games in between, then I can't see us not being close to a sellout. Yeah. For the sake of a few stewards and a few sausage rolls, I think it's worth it. I, I'm going to. Talk about sausage rolls. You know me, I am often a critique of the sausage rolls at One Course Stadium. The ones on Tuesday night, un-fucking-believable. I did have one. It was all right, weren't they? They were yeah, all right. They were like one of the best ones we've had for a while. <laughs> More sausage roll check next time. Carry on, Cam. Um, I think, to be honest, because of who it is, I think it'll be open because I think the powers that be above us also secretly hold vendettas against people clearly doing uh, things and um i think just the town of mansfield has something against port vale because of the playoff final so if yeah i know i i know i get i get the same feeling um i think just what happened on that day i think whilst there won't be there's not that many players still here from that from that team not, not a single player that played in that game other than Marison Clark yeah yeah that it, it was everybody crazy. else is either left or injured yeah yeah so <laughs> so uh, yeah i think there'll be a lot of pent up anger on that night we'll, so we'll, there's a lot of time between now and then and now we're going to switch it back and go uh, backwards to Barrow, Jim. Obviously, uh, we, yeah. we had the pleasure of sitting next to each other for the Barrow game, and what we yep. saw was a uh, under Paul Mansfield at times a patient one, but also you have to also take your hat off to the opposition because they came and played a very very good defensive game. We were so so lucky to come come out of that with three points, and uh, I really did feel for them in the end. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, I, I could see them getting in the playoffs, Barrow. I think they're much improved. But I think, like Clough said afterwards, I think we're going to get that a lot this season. You know, it's, it's a back-ended compliment, and it's, it's a mark of respect that teams are going to do that and come with a low block and stop us and just counter-attack us. But I think, you know, we've got to try and be one step ahead of this and try and find a way to beat teams who are going to come and do that. And I think we are going to find it easier playing our natural game to win away this season, you know, in general. And um, I think we're going to, have to say we're going to have to be one one step ahead of the game with this. And I, I was thinking about it today. I, I wonder if it will shape his January transfer plans to, to try and bring in somebody who's a bit different to what we've already got to try and unlock doors at home. Whether it be like someone who's airily dominant in the box, like Hawkins, like we were saying Tuesday, Craig. Mm. I think the squad has moved past Hawkins. I really do. And I don't think he gets in in our first eleven now. I don't think he would. But at home, I think up front, you know. You could have 10 centre-hours player and he's still winning that ball coming in the box. I wonder if he's going to go, you know, that'll shape his January plans to, for something a bit different. I think we all know, don't we, Nick, that uh, that January plan would be, I'll bring in another centre-half and we'll put Aidan Flint up front. That's the go-to, isn't it, lately? Oh, sorry, provided he's played for Burton. That's the uh, that's the crux of it. So if he hasn't played for Burton, then there's no chance. Or maybe <laughs> he may have walked past Bramall Lane. Sometimes that gets them in the window, doesn't it? Yeah, he played... Um, this season with Derby on Football Manager. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's walked past Pride Park, maybe. Um, but he's, no, I, I think um, we we 
We we do look we just look solid, don't we? But like everyone's saying, that everyone does now come to the mill. Even Bradford, I think that was the biggest compliment that Bradford came and just wanted a nil nil. That's all they came for, and that was, they got what they came for. But I think that is a big compliment to us this season that teams look a bit weary against us at home, and we, maybe we do need to uh, look at something different. But yeah, we're we're, we're playing really well, aren't we? It's the, it's the most confident I've felt since we last played Port Vale. Yeah, I think the, the 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 crest of a wave we were all on at that point is a similar feeling to how I feel now. Hopefully, yeah. uh, that's not ended by Port Vale as well. Well, only last time when we were due to play Port Vale, I knew and said it quite openly that we would not win that game, and uh, we didn't. But this time, I do feel that there is something uh, else in the air. Uh, let's go back to, to 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 Barrow Cam and just talk about that for for a minute because whilst teams will come here to uh, set up shop and to really really be tight and you know put five defenders across the back and shut the midfield off what you have to do is not get frustrated not get wound up and uh, have faith that you are going to find a way through and uh, and ultimately we we did it was Ollie Clark probably knew it was going to go off maybe he hit it with a little bit of extra venom to say well I'm going to go out with with uh, with a bang but uh, what a bang it was it was it was literally about to come off because George Maris sat straight back down after he scored. So you knew it was going to be Clark. And um, we were, me and my dad, so we sit together now and we were saying, like, you just we needed a bit of creative spark in that midfield because it, it just it's not that it wasn't there, but it just it, it wasn't it wasn't creating anything. And obviously Reed was trying to to, to run the show, but Reed and Maris together, honest, one of the best pairings. It, it's just like two of the best players I think I've ever seen them pull on a Mansfield shirt, as in raw talent and ability. And watching them play football, it, it's fantastic. But like we said, we've got to have something a little bit different. Going back to your point about so like if we brought somebody in, do you think it's a case of? We've got to see where we are when we get players back fit, i.e. Quinn, Oates and McLaughlin will be back before January. Is it a case of we've got to take stock, see where we are then? Because we, it, where, where we were looking weak on Saturday, personally, is every time that we got the ball down the side, you've got Jordan Bowery, who was happy making a driving run, but he felt McDonald was a bit hesitant and always looked to cut back and and play it back into the middle, which then we ended up losing it because they were crowding out in the midfield. And it was just so frustrating. And it's not a, a, like a, a massive negative against McDonald uh, because he's not the same player as McLaughlin, but it's a case of we're trying to play this system that's not the same on both sides. Like it's not quite as fluid as as what we want it to be. This is a controversial comment perspective on its way. Controversial comment perspective on its way. I think we've got to, this is now the time, if ever there was a time, to move on from Stephen Quinn and Stephen McLaughlin. This is it because we've played so well without them. And all right, we've missed Quinn's drive and anger and Quinn's Quinness at times 
but I don't think we've missed it as much as what we think we've missed it. And I think this is actually the prime time. Me personally, he's not going to come back the same player. And I don't think Stephen McLaughlin is. And if we push them back in, I think we're taking a step back. They're now, for me, players who can come in and, and fill a job rather than be regular starting players. Jim, what, what do you make of my uh, second week in a row bold statement, controversial comments? No, I think you're right. I think it's a bit like giving up smoking for a month and, you know, stick at it. <laughs> Don't go back to it. I think, you know, the longer we, we cope without him, I think the more you, you've got a better chance of moving on. Do you know what I mean? If you bring him back in, I think it, the, the temptation is to get out. Get out. I think, um, yeah, I think you're right. Football moves on quickly. And um, there is the round. We've got three games together. And Quinn's Quinn is getting his legs are going now. So yes, I, th- I think we move on. Nick, what what about you? What's your take on my controversial comments? I think the parish and the priest are going to agree on this one. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I think uh, I, I agree. I, I don't think McDonald will put on a stag shirt again. Uh, McLaughlin, sorry, I don't think McLaughlin will. I, um, I think we'll move on. A Quinn. Clough does like Quinn. He may make a handful, but I don't. Th- I think his time as a regular starter in that midfield three are pretty numbered. I think. Um, I think we missed him a lot more last season than the season before when he was out, rather than this year. I think you're right, but I think Reed, Maris, and insert third midfielder without Quinn is a better midfielder than with Quinn now because I think he gives he gives you an extra two points, but you may lose an extra three. In terms of the, because he just upsets the balance of everyone else. He does great things on his own, which is brilliant, but you do sort of lose the balance. So, yeah, I do agree. I agree with that. I don't, I don't think either of them will play a, a main part now um, moving forward. Keep your comments coming in. Um, plenty of you having your say on it in the comments in the live feed. Simon says uh, on the McDonald point, McDonald has been good, solid and won the penalty on Tuesday. I did think he made a huge difference on Tuesday night. Actually, I have to agree with that. Uh, Paul says, I think you're wrong. Re Quinn and Macca, best pair on the left-hand side, know each other so well. And yet I completely get that. And I'm not disputing that for a second. But what I am saying is that they were the best pairing on the left-hand side two seasons ago. We didn't see it enough last season because one or the other was injured and then we played, for the large part, a completely different system which didn't get the best out of them. They're two years on and we've got better players for the, the side we are now, which is why I don't I don't see them in there. Uh, Michael says, Quinn makes things tick. We've lost our creativity um, on the left. And yeah, maybe he is that third midfielder can, but I, I just, for me, I just don't see him playing as regularly as he has done. And um, I, I think that, especially the McLaughlin thing as well, I just don't see that going. But like Nick said, um, you know, you've got Reed, Maris, insert third midfielder other than Hiram Botang um, in that place. And uh, I think you've, you've just got a really good competitive midfield anyone can sort of uh, can sort of drop in there and sometimes you've got to move into the future you said it yourself actually didn't you Cam you were looking through your team sheet and you were thinking how many names are still here from that playoff final not many sometimes progression is good another P <laughs> I, th- I get I, I think personally I think you're right on the Quinn thing I feel like if there's ever a time that we obviously we were always we started this se- end of last season start of this season saying like we need Quinn we need Quinn on the basis of we just needed that 
stability and that experience in the midfield. But I, I still feel like McLaughlin can still bring something to this team on the basis of how does he come back from injury? And we've said it before when he's been rushed back that he was rushed back and he wasn't given that chance. So we don't know what he's going to play like. I think it's on Quinn. I think it probably will be his last season on the basis of he's had an injury. He's going to be out for a while. By the time he comes back, the team, obviously the team have clearly gelled already, but last thing that you want Clough to do is bring him back in and completely upset the, the chemistry of the team. Because obviously, uh, Maris and and uh, Reed have got such a good working partnership, but I just feel like we're just lacking on that left hand side, and I feel like that attacking intent that we've got every, in every other position on the field, even the centre backs, I just feel like we've not got in McLaughlin, and I also feel like McLaughlin in McDonald, and I also feel like McDonald's a bit of a liability if I'm honest because of just the way that he he just can't tackle to save his life he's either it's either the the world's best tackle or he just kills a man sorry Sorry. he gave me his ball (laughs) I wasn't paying attention to what you were saying so I'll move on to some of the comments keep them coming in um I know Simon says evening boys Quinn is okay if we play Saturday and then don't have um, a midweek game due to his age. He hasn't got the legs anymore. We need to find a younger version of him for his drive and motivation. Russ says, good point. A place needs to be won. Um, Paul, I agree, but wait and see. George says, believe Quinn battles for space in the midfield to allow space in front to develop, and that brings in McLaughlin. Uh, it's not the stability he brings, says Michael. It's his creativity. There's no outlet on the left at the minute with no natural left winger. Um, yeah, and... <laughs> Plenty of comments coming in on uh, that. Um, Final one on McLaughlin, Nick. Um, Where do you think he ranks in terms of the the pecking order now to play out and out left back? Because for me, I think he he comes in probably third. I think it's clear, obviously, McDonald's there at the minute. Bailey Cargill's his his second choice, although I don't think he had a great game there. Obviously, not an out and out left back anyway um, on Tuesday. And then probably McLaughlin in third. What's your thoughts on it? Or does McLaughlin push his way back in? Because I don't think you can shift Lewis Brunt from centre-back at the minute. I think that's the problem is it depends how Bailey Cargill reacts to not playing. Obviously, some players are happy to not play. Some are absolutely adamant that I need to play. If if Cargill is one of those who needs to play a lot and Brunt and Flint are fit, then mm-hmm. I think Cargill stays above McLaughlin. Not in terms of is he a better left-back, but I'm just thinking in terms of Clough's thoughts. For me... If he's fully fit and firing, he's probably better than McDonald because he offers you a lot more going forward. And I feel like Flint and Brunt are competent enough to lose a fullback up the wing. You know, Jordan Barry just runs off sometimes and there's a ball again. He runs off, um, you know, quite a bit. But it disappears. Um, but um, yeah, I think in Clough's thinking, I think unless he's absolutely firing, he'll be third choice. If he's fit and up for it, I think he could be second choice and then work his way back in. But... I don't think he will. I think he'll stay as third choice. Um, I did just want to mention, because we hadn't quite touched on it, that I think the biggest difference maker on Tuesday night was Ollie Clark. Yeah. I haven't seen him mentioned massively. Without him coming on, we would have lost 2-3-4-1. We were not at it at all. 
Um, with two up top, I think we were at it. He then, Clough then moved Gale out wide from being up front. And then we lost all sense of how to move forward. And I think when Clark came on, he made one strong tackle and the crowd just like woke up. Yeah. And I think he massively changed the game. And although McDonald, you're right, Cam, does fly around like a hand grenade in a nursery, but <laughs> he he made a tackle with him and Clark coming on at the same time, flying into tackles and winning the ball back. It was like we'd let two Jack Russells on the pitch. And it seemed to just spark everyone else. And, and it helped that we brought off a couple of players in... Um, was it Maris? Uh, sorry, Reed. Was it? Yeah, it was Maris who came off, wasn't it? And then um, Cargill, who were having a shocker, and it helped. But it just transformed the team. I thought it was worth making a note of Mister Clark. Yeah, because I thought he had a really good game. I'm going to jump on on the James Gale thing a, a little bit as well, because there's been a question of uh, who starts up top um, with Aikens at the weekend. I'll come on to that later on, but. James Gale, like you said, um, we did lose a lot of our press when he went to the left wing, but I also thought he was superb defensively, having to cover for Bailey Cargill, who, again, Clough said it in his post-match, is not a natural left-back and he'll just slot in there and, and clearly was slotted in there to get some game time because you cannot disrupt Brunt and um, Flint at the minute. They are the, the most solid pair of centre-backs I think we've we've seen for a long time at, uh, at One Course Stadium wearing Mansfield shirts. Um, so I don't think you can disrupt that too much. But he was playing so high at one point, I thought he was trying to play in the West End upper because um, he just left so much space. But James Gale did um, superbly, superbly well to uh, to cover and I was really, really impressed with him on uh, on Tuesday night. So I uh, just wanted to give him a little mention um, as well. Um, Jim, let's uh, stay with Tuesday night and talk about people who we'd not seen a lot. Because obviously the Cup is a good opportunity for players to get some minutes. And one of those players was George Williams, who played at right back. And like Bailey Cargill, didn't have the easiest of times, did he? He didn't, but I think we've got to remember, like Cargill and Williams, they've not played a lot of football recently. Uh, and then coming in against a team from a higher division, they were doing all right. I think it was always going to be a bit tough. I don't, you know, we weren't going to see the best of them. Um, so I, I'd, I'd, I'd sort of reserve judgment on those two a little bit. I and mean, to be fair to Cargill, I think against Colchester and Barrow when he came on, he looked really good. Mm. But, but back to that left-hand side, if I, if I may, people saying, what can we do about, you know, a bit of fluency back down the left-hand side? I think we need, you know, when McLaughlin came to us, his, his trade position is a left midfield. So is there anything stopping us playing McDonald? And then considering McLaughlin when he's fit as a left side midfield option. You mean almost as a yeah. second, as the Stephen Quinn, the second coming? Yeah, yeah. I mean that, that's his position by trade as a left winger. So you know, and then we know he's not. We know he's always been a miss half the season, but he's just an option there down the left hand side. It could perhaps job share with Quinn. I don't know, but um, yeah, you know, I'm sure he could do that again. Well, maybe. Time will tell. We've got a long way of the season to, to go. And I think that's a, a big factor at the minute as well is uh, the fact that we're only so far into uh, this campaign. Staying with Tuesday for a minute, Cameron George Williams. What was your thoughts on his performance? Because um, interesting comment from Michael in, in the live feed. Bowery going to right back was also a huge factor. He marked Clark Harris um, out of the game. And I think he did shore us up when he dropped back into uh, right back after his brief foray back into his... Uh, old natural habitat of uh, up front for all of two minutes. Um, when he went back there, Barry was, was class. And 
from what I've seen of George Williams so far, I, I don't rate him as a as a fullback. I know we were playing Peterborough, who've got far pacier players. I know they're a league above. They're pushing, you know, in the in the playoffs, and they've got some really fast, creative players. But whenever I've seen him there in other games as well, I've not been overly impressed with him. And if if I'm going to be honest, in terms of the order of people playing at right back, he's probably third choice for me with Bowery first, Callum Johnson second, him uh, in third. And even then, like we were saying earlier, Cam, about Cargill wanting game time, is George Williams, given his promotions and his footballing CV, going to be similar? Is he going to be happy playing third choice? It's a difficult one because I don't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that Williams has done anything particularly wrong. Same as I don't think Cargill's done anything wrong. Yeah. Yeah. But in in trying to fit the style of football that we've been playing, do they fit? It, it's a tough one because they both. Obviously, Cargill came in with with a a recent promotion really high highly rated at this level and very happy that we've got defensive cover in the in the in the center back positions williams is a weird one because i don't he's a good player i can see why clough wanted him but i also don't understand why clough wanted him like as in we've got several options that could play right back and one of those you have not even mentioned in Lucas Aikens. Nobody wants Lucas Aikens to play right back, but it's still this still the option that he can. So it, it just doesn't make sense other than is it because he knows that sometimes we'll have to play Bowery up front because we might be short of options and that Johnson isn't always fit as he brought him in just as injury cover. Interesting on, interesting on the Barry one. He, he, he will never play Barry up front when we need him. He'll, he'll because it works. It works better. Yeah, it works but previously, we didn't have Flint, and we didn't have Flint until two days before the season started. And what a best guys that turned out to be. Uh, Nick, briefly, your thoughts on uh, George Williams and the, the right-back situation, and maybe a little bit on uh, Boateng as well, looking at Ross's comment. I thought Williams played really well when he came on at Accrington as a holding midfield player. I thought he got stuck in. His pace wasn't exposed. He had time on the ball. He looked calm. He looked composed. Um, I think Cam's right in terms of, I think, he's injury cover. I think Clough's realised that if you're going to be short anywhere, it can't be at the back. Even if you run on nothing up front, let's have extra defenders rather than extra strikers. Historically, Clough's had loads of strikers and no one to play in defence. So this year, he seems to have gone all out for, you know, extra defenders. I mean, the Flint was a surprise. We thought we'd kind of got... And then Brunt came. Then, we'll, you know, you've a week before the season, we had no Brunt, we had no Flint, and we had no Williams. So he seems to have gone massively on defensive cover I think part of that is because he, in the back of his mind, he likes five at the back and he thinks that's a possibility at some point. Never, no. Which, no. which not on my watch. I'll no. run on the pitch if I have to. Yeah, me too, um, mate. So, but yeah, I think um, he looked good in midfield, but I, I, don't, I don't think he's at the minute good enough to start. In terms of right back, I, I think someone's going to have to tear that shirt off Barry's back to get him out of there because he's been playing brilliant. He has. Um, he, he tracks back and the he seems to have got quicker than he ever was as a striker. I am not don't know how that works. 
But he's got pace, he's strong, good in the air. He's got all the attributes I think we need. But I don't think William will be a long-term option at right-back. I think we'll see him elsewhere, if at all, if I'm honest. Still plenty to talk about on tonight's Mansfield Matters podcast. Keep your comments coming in. Anything Mansfield Town related. Um, it can be about sausage rolls. It can be about pies. It can be about stands. It can be about absolutely anything. As long as it's all about Mansfield Town. Still to come, we'll answer that strike question about who starts up front on Saturday. We'll look ahead to the... Um, the game and the trip to Gillingham and I'll answer the question which someone put at the very start of the show is my bold statement from last week still standing all of that to come here on the Mansfield Matters podcast it's the show for the fans by the fans and we're proud to be part of the TalkSport fan picture the scene all of your mates around you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go partner this with your team playing champagne football perfect order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app there's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Network. Thanks so much, as ever, for joining us. Keep your comments, questions and opinions coming in on the live feed. Uh, right, let's uh, address the striker question. It was a comment earlier on um, from, where is it? I've lost it. I think it was Thomas who put it in the uh, in the comments about who starts up front on Saturday alongside Lucas Aikens. Uh, Jim, I'll come to you first. The options, clearly, Will Swan or James Gale? Um, well, as I say, I, I think it's going to be... You know, we're going to be more counter-attack, I think, away from home because it's the only going to be on Gillingham to come at us. It is. So I think there's going to be more opportunities, a bit more space for us to play our game. Uh, I'd go for legs. I'd actually go with Swan, actually. I, I know it might not be a popular choice, but I'll go with go with what pace we've got. Um, he's just scored a goal. You could tell he looked more, you know, his confidence was lifted as soon as he had. Um, yeah, I think I'll go DKD and Swan off, off Aikens, I think, on, on Saturday. Cam, what are you saying? Who are you, who are you going to look for? Uh, one. I feel like he's he's got a point to prove, and I'm hoping that he's got that hunger that he needs. He's hopefully kickstarted his season with uh, his goal on Tuesday night, and I just. Yeah, like uh, Ross in the comments saying, Swan's a really good player, but personally, I don't think he uh, he gets the service. Um, would you say we've been potentially a bit guilty in the last two games of, of not being at it? And I think Clough said on on Tuesday it wasn't the best performance. And obviously, um, on uh, last Saturday before uh, against... Colchester, it wasn't another good performance again, but we're grinding out results, which is important. But if we're not providing the service to our strikers, then are they going to be able to score? No. 
can't win on this one, I don't think, to be honest. Comment says, Jim, you have to place one. He needs goals, and the only way to get them is by playing. He got one on Tuesday, Nick, and um, like we've been saying for a while, it's just that the monkey off his back, isn't it? Getting that first goal is going to give him a bit of a, a confidence lift. I think you, there's probably something in that alternating. Gale starts at home where we press, and Swan starts where we need a little bit of flair. Yeah, I, th- I think the difference between the two for me, is that Swan needs the team to be ticking for him to play well, whereas Gale will work off absolute scraps and he'll work with nothing, whereas Swan, I think, needs the team to be giving him some sort of decent service through balls, balls over the top, whereas Gale will just run into corners and he'll run and jump and tackle. And Swan, for me, at the minute, just gives up a little bit too easy. I Probably my head would go with Swan because I think Gale and Aikens are very similar. I think Gale and Aikens both aren't natural 20-goal-a-season goal scorers. I think Gale could be in time, but I don't think they are. They're both workhorses who works with somebody else. So I think you probably have to go with Swan, but he, he's he's a bit of a... You, you need the service. He's not going to carry the team to victory, but he might score you some goals if you give him some good passes. Whereas I think Gale drags the team up a little bit. So, But I, I think he'll go with Swan, personally. But it depends, like... I think it was Cam who said it depends how we're going to play because mm. if we're just going to hit and hope, Swan is not the man to be running up and down the pitch all game because he'll just give up. And the caveat, the the other option there as well, Jim, is is what we saw on Tuesday night and that is a pairing of um, Swan and Gale. All right, for a large majority of the game, Gale ended up playing sort of uh, left wing as we tried to sort of go 4-1-4-1 and, and sort of uh, do a little bit of firefighting and damage limitation. He ended up being a bit more defensive. But we did see glimpses of what they could could bring together. And it's it, it's an option, isn't it? We don't need to play Aikens every single week. We can bring him off the bench and be a bit of a threat. And that's the, the, the glory that we've got at the minute. We can mix it's, it up. Yeah. yeah. And I think when we're going, you know, we're going away to second in the league on Saturday. So, I mean, you might, you might go with... Aikens and Gale, because you've got a bit more uh, pressing presence off the ball. You know, we're, we're going to have to sort of, everyone's going to have to muck in on Saturday. Mm. If we're going to keep a clean sheet, so we might go that way. But I, I've always been, I've always thought a Clough team, even though we've, we've looked solid at the moment at the back, you know, he's more, he's about attack, I think, Clough. And I think, I do think we're the best form of defence is attack, especially with us. I still don't think we're capable of parking any buses. And I, I would, I would go for it. I would, I'd, they've got to come out. <laughs> I would say let's, let's you know have a go at him. I think that's when we look at our best. Absolutely. Well, let's have a quick look at some comments before we move on to podcast predictions. Um, Simon says, the good thing at the minute is that we may not play well, but we're grinding out results even when we are losing in the last few minutes. There's this feeling we'd snatch an equaliser, where in the past we'd know that's it. It's a good thing that we are digging in. And having this never say die attitude. Russ says Swan will come good but needs the service. Uh, Ross seems to be trying um, to fight the ball through, where I think the likes of Swan um, and Aikens and Oates uh, and DKD need a fast over through ball. Um, Thomas says, I personally think he will start with Gale as the Gills are a big team and he's handy at the set pieces defensively. Similar to Accrington, then Swan can come on and make an impact um absolutely yeah absolutely that and i think there's probably a point in that nick very briefly about you know going back to the accrington game gail was superb in that um and and helped us to, to victory really having a hand in all of those 
three goals and then, you know, you've still got Swan to bring on and you, if you're Accrington and you're in a hot day or whoever and you're thinking, oh, I don't fancy that. I, yeah, I don't think they uh, wanted to play against Gale at all. I think Aikens was a good folly for him, distracting a lot of defenders. And I think because we got a bit of a good view down the middle of it, you could see that Aikens was distracting players and Gale was getting in behind and then vice versa. So they did work really well at Accrington. Um, I suppose you've got to think, it depends on their type of defenders or who they've got. You know, I mean, I'd much rather probably swan against Hawkins and the ball's in behind, but it, obviously I know he's not playing, but it depends what sort of defence they've got. Uh, but Gale, for me, is is an unpredictable asset. I don't think he knows what he's going to do. We don't know what he's going to do, but he's going to give you everything he's got. And I think that's why, he, and he's obviously a young lad from around here, which helps. But um, yeah, if he plays like he did at Accrington, if he starts on Saturday, then you can't ask for any more than that performance from a young lad, how he played at Accrington. He was everywhere. Yeah, and he you, was a real threat to them. You've got to give him a bit of time as well and a bit of grace. He's not going to be consistent every single week. He's still yeah. a young player finding his feet. He's had a massive jump up. He's done a lot of work over the summer and things like that as well. Also, Nick, you just made a very, very uh, basic mistake there talking about... Um, Swan, you said uh, Swan up against Hawkins. You've done the Nigel. You were in the Nigel Clough mode of thinking there, aren't you? Oh yeah, thinking that they play him at the back. Yeah, yeah. They very much play him up front. I forgot he was a striker. Absolutely. Uh, final question before we move on to podcast predictions. Paul says an even more pressing question: What flavour rock would you like me to bring from Skeg? I'm more of a humbug man, but I'll take some aniseed. Cam, go. Uh, anything. Nick. That's generic. Multicoloured, non-humbug rock. Non-humbug rock. Yeah, not that. No, I don't like any of that stuff. <laughs> Jim, what are you saying? Toffee, please. Toffee. Well, there you go. Mixture of tastes, tastes, and everything here. Oh, you said sausage. I can say that's a different rock. I've not had that one. <laughs> Very different rock. <laughs> I've not had that one. Right, indeed. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, sausages are in the oven cooking for me tea, so we need to crack on. Right, podcast predictions. Hit the jingle. <laughs> So will they win, lose or draw? And what will be the score? It's the guessing game that brings you zero fame. But to be the best, you must outguess the rest. So will they win, lose or draw? And what will be the score? In the League or Cup, you just make it up. Because they're just works of fiction. It's podcast predictions. Will they win, lose or draw? And before we dive we into the Gillingham, Gillingham, we obviously need to do one thing. It's the end of the month-ish. It's the last Thursday of the month, which means it's time to reveal the all-important table. So we're going to start off with the uh, some honourable mentions in just a minute. Um, but first, we're going to go with the top 10, just to sort of see who's in there. Shall we start first with the Manfield Master League? I think we probably should, shouldn't we? Um, well, I can tell you... That in last place in the Mansfield Matters League, he's having an absolute shocker. It's Mr. Nathan Edge. He's nowhere near it. He's only got 12 points. Uh, just above Nathan, you've got me on 18. Cam and Nick, you're both slogging it out together on uh, 20 points apiece. Alan just in front of you on 22. And Clive leading the way at the top of the Mansfield Matters pack on 25. In terms of elsewhere, I'm going to give you a name. I'm going to give you an, a name check here for your points. Lots of them to get through. Um, only going to give you a name check if you've scored a point. Mel Shacklock, Mark, and Su Supermel, John, and Tom King all on one point. 
Lorna, Radcliffe, Stag, Mr. Tickle on two points. Um, Oliver, 425. Tara, three points. Addison Crump, four points. Luke Bramwell, four points. Uh, Watson Wanderers, four points. Jim Evans, four points. Uh, Gabby A, five points, as is Craig Pateman and Joe. Liam Smith and Nick Welsh on six. Matt Green, not that one. Seven with um, Darren Wood also on seven. Joe Dalman then on nine. Then we move into double figures with uh, Keely of her game two. Uh, Paul Broomhead also on 10. Roger King on 11. Nathan Edge on 12. Kiwi Stag on 13. Proud Stags on 14. Simon Wilson, Kathy Holmes, uh, Chris Ellison all on 15. Marie Wilson uh, and Sarah also on 16 apiece. Moving up to 17, David Shetlife, Mark Lapko, Tim Phillips. Sam Pateman on 18, as am I, and uh, Craig Foster on 19 with Taxi Pete. Cam on 20, Richard Spencer on 20, Adam Crump on 20, Nick of Mansfield Town Shirts fame also on 20, Mitchell the American on 21, Stephen Pound on 22, and that's where we're going to enter the top 10. Who is going to be in the top 10? Well, Stephen Pound, Steve Yule, an out of Alan Wilson fame, 22 points. In joint ninth, JS, Craig Vinson, Ashley Mutter on 23. In eighth, joint eighth, Stag and Will Pound on 24. In seventh, it's Clive on 25. Mrs. Crump in six on 27. Stag's Chat in fifth on 28. And then the top four. Ben Swain on 24. Steve Nadin, 34, Fathead on 35, and Cam, your daddy's leading the way on 37 points at the top of the predict podcast predictions table. So Nick Felton leads the way again for podcast predictions at the end of October. I can't wait now for Cam's phone to absolutely go off and get abuse from uh, your dad. Cam, how are you feeling about uh, your dad leading the way? No words. No words. Nick, please, with your performance so far. Yeah, I was leading our little group for a bit, but then I went pessimistic and it, it fell down because Clive just backs us to win every game. So, no. and no. I think he predicts after the game. I think that's that's the way he's winning. I think he does it after I, the match. Slightly. You what? I didn't do a prediction for the Barra game. Well, that's your own fault. You know where <laughs> that is. You know what to do. If you don't do it on the podcast, you have to do it via the link. Jim, even though you've played it, are you pleased with your score? Um, no, I've got, I've got four points. Yeah. Mate, there's still a long, long way to go. Who knows what might happen as podcast predictions continue throughout the season. Like Nigel Clough says, we're only a month or so in. So the next game is just around the corner. It is, of course, Dillingham. Him away, but for now, let's say well done to Nick Felton leading the way at the top on 37 points. Who's that winning? Uh, who's that winning, Craig? Could you just repeat that? I didn't quite catch oh. who winning. Sorry, <laughs> right? Let's attention. Sorry, Cam. Today's <laughs> some sound bites for you. Cam, come on, stop sulking. Give me a prediction 2 1 win. Uh, Flint Manor match. Uh, Nick, you're up next. 
I'm going to go a 1-1 draw, Bowery, man of the match. Jim, you're up next for me. No-nil. And I am also going to go for a draw. I'm going to go for a 2-2 draw, man of the match. I'm going to go with um, Lewis Brunt. I'm going to go for man of the match. I think he might get himself a little goal as well from a set piece. As always, if you want to play along with podcast predictions, you can do so via the link in the description. Um, Ross in the comments is saying that we're going to go for a 2-1 win. If you want it to count and you want to play the game, Cam, what do you need to do? Ask his dad. (laughs) (laughs) You've got to get your podcast predictions in an hour and one minute before kickoff on Saturday using the link. Using the link that's in the description. Stags Chat says they're happy with fifth place. We'll wait and see how we are at the end of next month. Uh, Jim, we're going to give you the final word. What are you expecting? In terms of performance from uh, Gillingham away on Saturday, can the unbeaten run continue? Well, I think we get ready for a flat performance at some time this week, whether it's Gillingham or Exham or Wimbledon. I think there's going to be a flat performance coming because of the amount of games in so many days. But I don't think it'll be Saturday. I think we're going to get at least a point. Um, yeah, I think, as I say, I don't think we'll lose. And I'm, I'll just say, I've, I mean, I've, 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 I'd give Clough his criticism. It's one of the most resilient Mansfield Town teams I've seen for many a year. And I think that has to be credit to him. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Nick, what are you expecting um, us from us performance-wise? At the very top of the show, Simon said, Evening, Craig. Are you still sticking with your bold statement from last week? Now we've overcome Barrow and Peterborough. P.S. My wife says hello. Well, my lawyers say say keep away from me. Um in terms of my bold prediction from last week, Nick, I said if we could go through unbeaten, we'll get automatic promotion. One game away from it, are you expecting a better performance from Barrow? Are we going to be riled up from the cup? What are we going to do? How how do you think we're going to do? What Do you think I, my statement will come true is what I'm asking? Oh, I think it'll be a battle. I don't think we'll lose. I think it'll be a battle. Um, I just think it's a tough place to go. And everyone's fighting at the top. I mean, the, the worrying thing is, if you do lose, you could actually be in about 13th, which is slightly worrying in this league at the minute. Um, so I wouldn't look too much at where we are on the table. But yeah, it's um, going to be a battle massively, but I think it'll be quite a flat game because I agree with uh, with Jim a little bit. I think there's a lot of games in a short space of time and we can't be at 100% for all of them. I'd much prefer us to be 100% under the lights on Tuesday night and just battle for a draw on the road on Saturday. But yeah, I, I, if we stay unbeaten for the yeah, automatics is it's got to be a uh, a target, hasn't it? It's got to be. Speaking of Tuesday night, Nick, you can uh, you can go first again. Podcast predictions, please, for Wrexham on Tuesday under the lights as Hollywood comes to town. Uh, I am going to go for three-one Stags. And you man of the match. Very rare to do for me. Um, oh, you got put me on the spot. Um, Keeler done. Excellent. Cam, you're up next. I hate to be a copycat, but I want to say 3-1 and Keeler Dunn. I think I think we'll win, but Keeler Dunn will have something because he used to play for Wrexham. You've said it now. Now, Jim, are you going to get a full house of 3-1's DKDs? I think we'll definitely beat them. I don't think they're that particularly brilliant. I think I want to say DK, yeah, but I think it'd be 2-1. Okay, 2-1 DKD you going, yeah? 
Yeah. I'm going to complete the set. I'm going to go. I'm going to go bold. I'm saying five two, and <laughs> man of the match. I'm going to go with George Maris. They've scored twenty but conceded twenty. I was on the one of the Wrexham many Red Wrexham podcasts. The Rob Ryan Red one um, yesterday is last minute guest, and they were sort of um, saying that they are leaking a lot of goals. So I'm going five two open game. Really good night. Uh, Cam, question for you. Does Cam need my advice on half predict scores? No. But do you want to know something? Do you know what P doesn't stand for? Pessimistic Craig. It doesn't, does it? Not yet. It's going to come. It's going to come on one of these days. Uh, Jim, thanks for joining us tonight. We're going to let you go. I'm going to say goodbye to Nick and Cam as well. A reminder, if you want to uh, get involved with podcast predictions, the link that you need to do so, it's in the description. We've not put the Wrexham game on there yet. I'll do that on Sunday because we do it month by month. But that will be on there. Um, get your predictions in and, uh, yeah, keep playing along with the guessing game. That brings you zero fame. A big well done to Nick, who's top of the podcast predictions table on 37 points. Absolutely smashing Cam out of the water. 17 points ahead of him at this stage. Maybe you should take your father's advice at, 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 uh, at some point because all of our fathers at one point would have said, son, come with me to a place called Field Mill. You'll absolutely love it. And for a long time we said... No, but right now, it's the place to be. on tonight's Mansfield Matters podcast. My thanks as ever to the Mansfield Matters podcast panel and to you guys at home for watching and for listening. Join us again next week as we reflect on a trip to Gillingham and a home tie against the documentary Hollywood team. No, Wrexham. No, the documentary Hollywood team. Or is it Wrexham? Who knows? Who cares? The only thing that matters is what does P stand for? Is it points? Is it practice? Is it patience? Is it persistence? I think it's prizes. Points make prizes. So let's keep them coming. Let's keep those points coming. And at the end of the season, have the biggest prize of them all. Yes, get ready for another P. Promotion. This is the show for the fans, by the fans. This is the Mansfield Matters podcast. And we will see you next week. Thanks for listening. Good night. TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. 
Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.